Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, before we get started, Harrison here. I want to talk to you about sponsorships. So we haven't really done a lot of sponsorships on our podcast, but now that we're at a point where, you know, we're really looking to grow this community and and help spread this message and help as many new runners get into this sport and start to change their lives and train for their first half or or marathon, we decided to to start partnering with some brands. And and one of the ways that we're able to do that is through a company called Podcorn. So it's like podcast popcorn. Pretty awesome name there. Um, But if you have a podcast or you're looking to start a podcast, this is the place for the quote unquote little guys to go and get sponsorships. You know, money isn't everything, but getting sponsors to help your podcast is something that will help you be able to get the word out. So that's what we're looking to do here. Um, We've had a great experience. You can connect with brands that want to share their products and services through your unique audience. There's no middleman and the whole process is transparent. So thank you so much to Podcorn for sponsoring this episode and visit them at podcorn.com slash podcasters. You'll get all the info you need there and we'll put a link in the show notes. Thanks again, everybody. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome everyone to our March Madness series. For the next five days, we are interviewing everyday runners who set big goals, put in the work and change their lives by overcoming the impossible. Not only are their stories inspiring, but you are going to learn something from each and every one of them. We can't wait for you to hear this. And we have a big goal this week that we want you to be a part of. We've set the goal of being the number one streamed running podcast in the world this week. Yeah. So please share these episodes with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever it may be, so we can celebrate together the growth of this beautiful running community. So friends, let's jump in. Hey, you guys, we are so excited for you to hear the second episode of our five-part March Madness series. This episode is with Jake Vanderluck. If it's not raising money for charity or qualifying for Boston, yes, qualifying for the Boston Marathon, 
Jake is sharing tips on his awesome Instagram page to help runners improve their speed and efficiency. Please pay close attention to the steps he shares for improving as a runner. They are literally gold. So here he is, Jake Vanderluck. Well, Jake, thank you for coming on the show. Super excited to have you. Everybody, we've got Jake Vanderlucht. It took me about five minutes to learn how to say his last name, but here he is. Jake, what's going on? Harrison, that was the best first attempt at my last name I've ever heard. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're being too kind. <laughs> I'm actually being serious. Oh, I feel like we've known each other forever because we're, we're clubhouse buddies. And uh, it's like you you meet someone in Clubhouse and you're immediately best friends. I don't know how that works. Harrison, everyone's talking about Clubhouse and how it's going to go away, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. And you are correct. We did meet through Clubhouse and I've actually met some pretty amazing people over the last four or five weeks since I've been on the app and it's it's not going anywhere. It's It's a great application. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Clubhouse is everywhere. I feel like everyone's talking about it. And I love the exclusivity. You know, you can only get in with an invite. It kind of keeps some of the unwelcome spammers out of there, you know? Yeah, it's it's a unique model. And then also with the algorithm, Harrison, as you're aware, you actually want to follow people because the app right. is pretty boring if you're not following people because you're not gonna have any you're not gonna have any stages in your hallway, as Clubhouse would say. Absolutely. So yeah, everyone listening, if you haven't joined Clubhouse yet, go follow Jake and then follow me too, um, if you want, of course. Jake, your name on Clubhouse, what is it? Pretty sure it's uh, Run Jake Run, which is the same as Instagram. Perfect. So we're jumping right into the social channels. Run Jake Run on Instagram, <laughs> and then Clubhouse Run Jake Run. Great name. Not not as good as uh, Crummy Marathoners, which I'm sure we'll talk about. I, lo- I love the name because there's no <laughs> such thing. <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. There is no such thing as a Crummy Marathoner. Um, it's funny how few people understand that that's our last name until we say it, and they're like, oh, got it. So. Well, I'm learning that right now. I, I love that. <laughs> so you're one of those too. I'm one of those too on air. Awesome. Well, all right. The reason I wanted to invite Jake onto the show, everybody, is because not only is he awesome guy, as you can hear, but he is a ridiculously fast marathoner. So yeah, w- when we met on Clubhouse, you you had told me that you know you you had run in a Boston qualifying time. But before we jump into all of that, I want to get to know you better. So where where are you from? Where are you living? And, and what do you do for fun? Yeah. So I'm originally from Zealand, Michigan, but I, I'm now in Kansas City, Missouri. And full time, I work for a healthcare IT company and I work with different hospitals and outpatient centers with their IT and their software and helping them be as efficient as possible uh, in this digital world that we live in. So long go the paper charts where you'd go to your doctor and they'd have a clipboard and paper. So we're replacing those. And that's what I, that's what I do day to day. But in my free time, definitely it's, it's running, it's working out. It's, uh, it's being with the people I love, family and and friends. That's awesome. And you're sitting in Kansas city, right? Kansas city, Missouri to be okay. uh, very specific because there is Kansas city, Kansas. And that's a, that's a big distinction here in uh, Kansas city. So what's the reputation of people from Kansas city, Kansas versus Kansas city, Missouri? So I, I would like to ask you, Harrison, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear Kansas City? For me, it's the Chiefs. Okay. Just because, you know, I, I do like some football. <laughs> there, well, that's that's pretty new as of late, right? But it's funny. Uh, other people usually think of a luscious green field and a red barn and a silo. And <laughs> That's true, too. It's definitely... 
definitely the opposite on the Kansas City, Missouri side. So Kansas City, Missouri, you can think of as your downtown scene, restaurants, bars, young, young life. And on the Kansas side, that's where you see a lot of the families go. You have some pretty good school systems over there. Real estate's a little more expensive. And um, a lot of your Jayhawk fans as well for KU. Gotcha. On that side. Okay. Are you a are you a Chiefs fan though? I am. Just just by the fact that I live here. I've been in Kansas yeah. City for about four years, but growing up in Michigan, as painful as it is to say, a uh, a lifer for the Detroit Lions. I, you know what? I, I would give you a hard time, except for the fact that they have uh, Matt Patricia. Well, wait, not anymore, right? They not, fired him. Not anymore. Yeah, it's <laughs> and we're getting rid of Stafford, or they already did get rid of Stafford, right? So They're it's clean in house. It's interesting. <laughs> so for anybody listening, because we have a lot of listeners that are outside of the U.S., we're talking about American football and uh, mm-hmm. the team out in out in Detroit, the Lions. Um, anyways. All right, let's. <laughs> we're digressing here. So, so you live in in uh, Kansas City. You work in health IT, which is, seems to be a fantastic place to be right now in this day and age. Um, and and when did you start running? Yeah, so I I would say I started running after college, Harrison, because I I did play college football, and running was definitely just looked at as conditioning and punishment, really, my whole life because of team sports. So it wasn't until graduating college, my First job allowed me to travel quite a bit to different universities up and down the West Coast and part of Nevada. And every time I got to a new institution, I just really wanted to see the campus and see what it was like because I never thought I would ever be on the campus of Berkeley or USC or UCLA. So it, that's really where I think I got my start because I would be running two to three miles every day. And I definitely was not a runner by any means. And you played college football. Where did you play? Played college football at Adrian College. It's Division okay. Three school in southern eastern part of Michigan. Cool. Yeah, it was really good experience, and I mean they treat it like D one, right? So it was yeah, really good experience. I uh, wouldn't have traded it for anything. And and that's probably where you got a lot of your explosive abilities, if I had to guess, right? What position did you play? Yeah, I definitely have football to thank for. A lot of the lateral moves, which as you know, a lot of runners listening understand the importance of being able to not just move forward and back, but lateral as well when it comes to uh, your training. But I played outside linebacker. I'm about a little over 5'9". At the time, I was uh, 175 pounds soaking wet, but okay. a l- little less now. And ideal race weight's definitely closer to 150, 155. Gotcha. Okay. So so I, I interrupted you. You were you were telling me about your first job and you're traveling to all these different universities and checking out the campuses, running in these different places. And then where did it go from there? So I went from there. That's I mean, that was really the birth of my running career, if you will. And it was just the fact that I knew I wanted to check out these different places and see see the different sites. So I only way I could do that was through running and didn't have a, a car rental first year out of college. So that was my uh, mode of transportation were my legs. And I got back, I was living in Tennessee at the time, uh, got back from some travels and a buddy asked if I wanted to start running a 5k or start training for a 5k. And it sounded like fun. So we did. And it was one over the 4th of July. It was really hot. And I just will never forget that feeling finishing a 5k and thinking back, 
it, it's funny to say, but when I talk with people today, I mean, you start somewhere and if it's a 5k, it's a 10k, no matter the distance, it's, it's a huge accomplishment just to get started. So yeah. for me, it was a 5k in the heat of Tennessee. Uh, and I'll never forget that experience crossing the finish line. And then from there, Harrison, and I'm sure you can definitely relate as, as well as a lot of the listeners, you just think what's next or what's that next step. So usually you'd go 5k to 10k, but I, for some reason thought 5k to half marathon. So I, I took that route. And I mean, from there it just progressed. Okay. So you went from 5k to half marathon and I'm assuming you, you had a knack for it and you're like, man, I, I'm getting better. I'm getting faster. Is that how it went or, or was it not so easy? Yeah. So, I mean, after finishing the 5k, uh, I was definitely felt like I was pretty out of shape. Didn't know what I was doing back then. So I finished that and then progressed towards the half marathon. So did my Google searching, found those canned half marathon plans. I think I did like a 12 week plan, I believe, and really, really enjoyed it. And then from there, moved on to the marathon and I didn't really set too many goals for myself other than I wanted to finish the race in one piece. And I did think because through my reading and research online, for some reason, the four hour mark kind of stuck out in my head as a benchmark for myself personally. Everyone's different. Everyone runs their own race, right? But for me, four hours just stuck out that if I could run underneath four hours for my first marathon, I would, I would, consider that a good race. So I did that. And I think I only had 15 minutes to spare, um, from not achieving that goal. So that's, that was, that was my first marathon. So you, you did about 345. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. 345. Okay. And then where did it go from there? I obviously had the bug and I I do want to give a lot of credit to St. Jude because I, I lived in Memphis, Tennessee for about three years, and that's where St. Jude is based. So my first half and my first full marathon was to support St. Jude. So I, I started just doing one marathon a year. That was really my main goal. It took place in December. So my first two marathons were with St. Jude, raising money for such an awesome cause. And that really kept me motivated. And uh, But after doing that second one with St. Jude, that's when I started thinking, it would be really cool to check out some others. And I was getting faster every year. Uh, as you go through training, you just learn what works, what doesn't work. You change some workout workouts up. Um, maybe you hire a coach and I can definitely dive into that in a little bit, but you hire a coach and you start getting faster and better. So then it just progressed to what race sounds great. Or I would actually start looking at elevation not so much just for the fast time, but just to really challenge myself. So I did run St. George in Utah. Uh, might've been two years ago now. It's it's kind of weird, Harrison, now talking, right? Coming on the back end of the pandemic. Yeah. Anytime you're talking about something, you want to say it was just half a year ago, but you got to start with a year ago, at least a year ago. At least, so, yeah. So two years ago, I ran St. Ju- uh, George in Utah, and that was a very downhill course. And I think me and my buddy at mile 18, we, we almost ran under a five minute mile at one point, just because we're going down downhill so fast and just letting our gate open up and gravity pull us down. Is that the race where you qualified for Boston? That isn't no. No. So the race that I qualified for Boston was in September, 2019. It's called 
Last Chance BQ. And there's actually two of them. There's one that takes place just outside of Chicago in the spring, I believe. And the one I did was literally last chance because it's the final weekend before they close the qualifying times for the Boston Marathon in September. So I ran I ran that race back in 2019 in Grand Rapids, which is basically where I grew up. So I had a family there, friends came out, and it was only about 300 runners total. So it's it's, oh, wow. a, it's a small race. Yeah. And I really, really like how they had it set up. Uh, it's not the most scenic race route, but it definitely got the job done. Sure. Is there anything about that particular course that caters to people trying to run a faster marathon? It it really is. So last chance BQ is intended to get people that want to go to Boston to Boston. That is their main goal. I I forget the exact percentages, but I think it is over 50% of people that do run will qualify. Uh, One of the things I really like that they do Harrison is you're able to bring your own hydration and they have two separate aid stations where okay. volunteers will hand you your personal water bottle and then you can throw it on the ground and they put it back. Nice. So that's a little different than your average race. And the other part, which took some getting used to, but after, after an hour, I think you get used to it and you just settle in and you just run. Yeah. But it, it was a four mile loop course. So it was one mile in and then we did about four laps and a mile out. And it was not, like I said, not the most scenic route, but it did have its advantages. After doing one lap, I knew where I could make up on time if sure. there was a steep downhill. So it, it got really strategic, which actually was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, that sounds awesome. And I would assume if someone's going to go participate in a race called Last Chance BQ, they're they're probably not going to go if they're not hopeful to qualify, right? So, I mean, I'm sure there are some people going to that race that um, just want to run a marathon, but... I, I would assume, you know, when we look at that high percentage, 50%, that's probably a lot of people that went in hopeful they were going to qualify to begin with. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. I would never steer anybody away from signing up, but if, if you don't intend to qualify or don't think that's a goal of yours, I would recommend you go sign up for the LA marathon or St. George, something that you'll get some better views out of, uh, versus running around a pond for, for three hours. Yeah. Well, so you're a Boston qualifying marathoner and how, how many uh, marathons did it take you to get there? So this is, this is where I like to just preface everything. So my last chance BQ would have been my uh, seventh marathon, but it was my first where I actually had the mindset of this is a goal of mine. Um, I've always heard of the Boston marathon, especially right after the bombings, um, not too long ago. And you know, that, that was that was something that I think captured all of our attention. But even before then, I've heard the name, but never, never really looked into because running just wasn't wasn't as important in my life as it is today. But I, I would say my seventh marathon, the last chance BQ, that was the first one where I really had that change in mindset. Yeah. You know, when you think about natural God-given talent, you know, um, I, I don't think there's many people out there who just run their first marathon and they qualify for things. In your case, it took you seven tries. And how many people have actually applied themselves and have done something as difficult as a marathon seven times to get to their goal? Hmm. You know, you're a a unique subset of of people and and I I applaud you for that. Well, thank you, Harrison. And what I've always loved about running and my short running career is just enjoying the journey. And I know you hear it all the time and 
Uh, I think some of the people you've had on the podcast, Harrison, speak to it as well. Just enjoying the journey, uh, not necessarily just a destination because as fun as it is to cross the finish line and see your friends and your family, if they're there, it's the best feeling in the world. And that definitely can be a motivator. And going back to when I qualified, that is all I visualized every day on my training runs, no matter how hard they were, was I'm going to be back home. And for the first time, I'm going to have family at the finish line. Um, my whole family at the finish line, I should say. So that yeah. that's what really motivated me. But then also, I just reminded myself every day, it, to your point, I mean, it's a blessing that we can even uh, wake up and, and do these types of things. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. And if I have the ability to run, I, I want to. So just enjoying every day and being in the moment, no matter how big your goal is, because I think it is easy to just think about the end goal and, and crossing that finish line, no matter what your race is. But it's so important to enjoy the process and the journey. And if, if you're not enjoying the process and the journey, then you're missing out on running. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about goal setting, but, but, um, I also want to talk about some, some tips and tricks to, to get faster and, and some of the things that you applied to improve your running times. But before we go into all of that, I want to just say to everyone, time isn't everything, right? And, and for a lot of runners, it's just the act of, of getting out and running in cool new places, like you said, enjoying the experience and, and really thanking your body for allowing you to get out there and run. So, you know, I don't want anyone to misconstrue this as, you know, time is everything and, and qualifying for Boston is everything. That's just not the case. But I think what is so compelling about your story is that if you do have a time goal and you do want to get faster, um, then there's a way to do it. And it comes with goal setting and it comes with putting in the work to improve. And I think those are all things that you're going to be able to share with us tonight. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Harrison. Every, everyone has their own reasons and goals. And just going off my background, being in competitive sports my whole life, I'm competitive and I'm not competing against the people next to me at the starting line. It's I'm competing against myself and my training and trying to see how I can improve because that's what motivates me. But some people are maybe motivated by raising more money for charity every year because that's that's also something that you know what I try and do for St. Jude or maybe other people have different motivators, whether it's just getting out there and, and running a marathon, which is an awesome goal, no matter you know, what the time or you know, we have those people that try to run a marathon in every state. So everyone has their fun goals and yeah, no matter what it is, I think, I think it's amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about St. Jude for people listening who don't know what St. Jude is, uh, maybe briefly just explain what that charity is and, and how you go about raising money for them. Yeah, I'd love to. So St. Jude is a children's hospital located in Memphis, Tennessee, and they've been around for a very long time. And I, I know there's a global audience here, Harrison, so I don't want to say they're probably well-known in every country, but they're pretty well-known and they their goal is to end childhood cancer until no, no child dies ever again from cancer. So their, their mission is not over until every child is free from cancer. Wow. And nobody pays a bill at St. Jude, which is what I love. Mm. I don't want to get this stat wrong, but it costs millions and maybe a billion dollars a day to run that hospital. And like I said, I don't want to get that statistic wrong. It's, sure. Sure. It's, it's absurd how much it takes to run that hospital, but because of people that um, whether it's through running or really any avenue to raise money for the hospital uh, allows all those families going through the, probably the darkest moments of their lives. Yeah. Learning their child was diagnosed with cancer and now they're getting the best treatment in the world. They don't have to pay for a single thing. 
housing, food, they're, they're taken care of. Wow. You, you've inspired me to, to get out there and, and do a race for charity. Um, having little kids myself, that, that really hits home. I just can't imagine anyone who has to go through that. Um, do you have any, any kids yourself? I don't know. I don't. I do have a nephew and two nieces and another nephew on the way. So I like to think <laughs> I, I kind of know that feeling, but I, I can't um, stress it enough. Even if you ever have the chance to run the St. Jude Marathon, I would do that over Boston any day. Really? Uh, honestly, it is That's amazing. in uh, Tennessee? Memphis, Tennessee, correct. Okay. And you even get a run through the campus of St. Jude. That's amazing. Well, you're, you're the cool uncle. You know, you're out there, you're running marathons. Uh, and anyone who hasn't checked out your Instagram, go check it out because it's awesome. Super helpful. The videos are awesome. You, you, you got a lot going for you, man. Thanks, Harrison. I like to think I am the fun uncle because there's two other uncles I'm competing with. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know the other uncles, but I, I doubt they're out there uh, running marathons. So, Well, there is one and I, I did tell him about your podcast, so he might hear this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, at least we're not naming names. So let's talk for a second about, about goal setting. So what advice do you have for listeners who, you know, they might be looking at a goal and maybe it's just finishing their first marathon in under the cutoff time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what would be your advice to, to get to that point? So I think people have heard about this before, but you got to make your goals smart. And that's another acronym for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. So thinking back to just me personally in my running, I didn't really have specific goals other than I wanted to get faster. But then when the Boston Marathon came into my mind, and as soon as it did come into my mind, Harris and I laughed because I immediately, my brain told me there's absolutely no way, like, get that thought out of your head. And that's really what made me want to do it because it's one of those things I never thought I would ever be able to do just like a marathon. A lot of people listening may think I'll never run a marathon. Let me be the first to tell you, yes, you will. And yes, you can, because it's a mindset. So when it comes to goals, it can be very daunting to look at the qualifying times for Boston specifically, let's say. So I hear people make comments that they'll wait till they're older because the qualifying times are relaxed, air quotes, they're a little faster but we're not guaranteed that health. You're not guaranteed to be alive. So why not do it right now? Why not do it right now when you have the ability? And if you ever want to achieve such a goal, you got to break it down into the smaller steps and you got to be able to measure it so you can see how you pro- uh, progress. But that that would probably be my biggest advice is really break it into chunks. So don't look at a training schedule, a 16-week training schedule and look at the times. It's 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 something that you can break down. And this is where a coach, I can't stress it enough, Harrison. And I know you work with a coach virtually that they can help with all of this and they can do a lot of this thinking for you because it does take time and experience just through running to understand what, what, what even is a smart goal in running. Some people on listening might not even know. So yeah, that's, that's where I would start. Absolutely. And would you say for first timers, you know, is it wise to set the goal of just complete, and I keep saying just, but I don't mean just, I mean, you know, would you set the goal of finishing first and then maybe on your second or third, start to focus on, on time goals, or do you not agree with that mindset? Everyone will be motivated differently. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there, Harrison. I I do like what you said, um, about the, like, just like them running 
just a marathon. I mean, that's a huge deal or like just a half or like just a 5k. Any distance is perfect for you. So what I would recommend is just get your shoes on and get out the door. For some people, that's a goal. Just put on your shoes and go out the door and don't have a, I'm going to run two miles today goal. Just get outside and just promise yourself that you'll at least get started. And I think that's a good, that's usually they call it the 10 minute rule, right? Go do something for 10 minutes or maybe five minutes as well. And chances are you'll get into the flow and 20 minutes will pass and you just already finished over two miles, right? Absolutely. So yeah, I I think for the beginning marathoner or half marathoner or just beginning runner as well, just get those shoes on, get out the door and see how your body's responding. And then as you're aware, right, we run and we have a lot of time to think. So just, just spend a lot of time reflecting too on what do you like about running? And through some of that self-reflection, I think you'll have goals starting to pop in your head. And then from there, you can determine if it's time, if it's distance, if it's destination, is it charity? Sure. Those ideas will come in your head because as we both know, you spend a lot of time by yourself running for the most part. Yeah. You talked about attainable and um, how do we know when we're at the point that a certain goal is attainable? So for example, if I'm running a, let's just say five hour marathon and I want to run a 3.30 marathon, you know what? how do I know if I'm ready for that or if that's too much of a stretch, right? Because obviously we all can do whatever we put our minds to, but within reason, right? And we don't want to get discouraged. We want to, we want to get there, but we want to do it, like you said, in baby steps. And so how do we know then when it comes specifically to like a marathon distance or, or time goal, if we're close? I think it's important to understand where you're currently at today. So it's, it's really important to know what your current base is, what your current 5k time is. So I'm just getting really in the weeds right now, just trying to simplify a lot of this because we could go and talk about specific times, but yeah, I think it's important to first get a baseline. And if you start with any running coach, I guarantee you one of the first few things they're going to ask you is what's your 5k time? Because everything that they're going to do from there on out is built off of that foundation. So to all the listeners out there, if you really do want to start this journey and it's not just, Hey, I want to go outside and put on my shoes and and start running, which I commend anyone for doing because it will change your life. But if you're maybe at the point where, Hey, I want to see if I'm capable of taking this five hour run time to your point, Harrison, to three hours. Let's first see what your base is because that's what any coach will ask you to do is, Hey, what's your 5k? What's your mile time? How many miles a week are you running? And then from there, I would recommend working with others. If you're not hundred percent sure, work with other runners that you may know through your local run group, work with a coach again, share your thoughts and leverage their experience. So, I mean, there's a lot of different analogies we could use. Basketball is a pretty easy one. I can grab Ram Harrison, but I'm not going to be able to dunk the ball tomorrow. (laughs) It's going to take work. It's going to take practice. And maybe it's not the best analogy for running, but I would leverage others and their experience to help with your goals, especially if you're just getting started and you don't have that experience. Yeah, no, that's, that's huge. I I think for, for me to piggyback off of that, the, the biggest game changer for me when I started to notice, and I've only run one marathon and everyone who listens to the show is very well aware of that because I don't shut up about it, but, um, hang on Harris, you said only one. Okay. Come on. That's, that's a big <laughs> deal. 
See, this is this is why I surround myself with awesome people like you because you correct me and 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 help me be better. But um, I've run one, and and I've been training really hard for my second. But I've noticed drastic improvements, and a lot of that has come from hiring a coach or mm-hmm. or just surrounding myself by people like you who you know who, who can take a look at what I'm doing and maybe make some suggestions or um, at least give me the motivation to try for that next level. And so when we talk about getting faster, you know, let's say there's somebody listening and they do want to, they do want to get faster. Mm-hmm. What's, what are some of the things that you did specifically? And we can get into the weeds if you'd like. I mean, we can talk about nutrition. We can talk about strength training. We can talk about whatever you want, but, but maybe the two or three key things that you did to go from, you know, running, uh, I think you said a 345 to then qualifying for Boston in about seven tries. Like what between number one and number seven, what are the things that you did to improve? So I'll leave the nutrition to, uh, I believe you had Kelsey on the podcast not yeah. too long ago. And I really loved that episode that she did. And she took very complex topics and made it digestible, no pun sure. intended, right? For all yeah. of us. <laughs> yep. What I would say is you hear it all the time, right, Harrison? Show me your five closest friends. I'll show you your future. Yeah. If you surround yourself with other fast runners, so getting involved in local run groups or uh, just getting getting yeah getting to know those around you that ha- maybe have that experience where they are running for the Olympics or the Olympic trials. If you're able to get in some runs with those people, you'll be you'll learn a lot just from going on a run with them. But if you continually run with them, you'll naturally get faster. So that's a that's a very easy one. I want to stop you for a second because okay, let's say you are running I don't know a four or five hour marathon and. And, and you want to shoot for, let's say, a, a Boston qualifying time. And there's a crew who lives nearby or, you know, is at a running club. Do you think they would be willing to run with anybody? Or, you know, what's the what, what, what has been your experience if you're, you know, perceive yourself as a slow runner and you want to run with faster runners? You know, do you think they're accepting of, of bringing new people in? Very. I think it just depends on the workout for the day because you got to run slow to run fast. So if I like using myself as an example, if, if I wanted to go run with people that are currently right now running two hour, 30 minute marathons, I'm not going to go run with them on their speed day or track day. Hmm. I, I have, but we do separate workouts. We're just sure. at the track at the same time, which I think is also great, but you got to run slow to run fast. And that was another point I was going to bring up. So I think it's good to bring up now you do have that opportunity to go and run with someone that does run a sub three marathon, because if they're training smart and training correctly, they're not running every mile of their training sub whatever, right? Sure. They, they got to run at slower paces, air yeah. quotes, slower pace. But I think those are good opportunities. And then speaking to like the Kansas city community, and I think running community in general People are very welcoming and very open. It just it just takes you to ask to maybe step out of your comfort zone. And if you do have runners in the community that are a little faster than you, I think the last thing they would want to learn is you didn't want to run with them because you thought you were too slow. Mm, I love that. So we're gonna we're gonna break down this down into actionable steps, everybody. And this is impromptu, but step number one, if you want to get faster, and this is coming straight from Jake's mouth go find some people that are faster than you and run with them. All right. So we've got one thing, one actionable thing that everybody listening can do. And if you're uncomfortable with it, you know, take his word for it. The running community is super supportive 
and you'll probably be surprised at their response. So, so Jake, what's another, what's another actionable that people can do? Another actionable task that people can get, do if they want to run fast, you hear it all the time, but you got to rest. If you mm-hmm. don't prioritize recovery, you're going to be injured. And if you're injured, you're not running. And if you're not getting those miles, then you're definitely not going to get faster, stronger, all the above. So I can't emphasize this point enough either of resting and making sure you have enough time after your runs to do the mobility work, do the stretching. I used to be a runner Harrison where I would plan my long Saturday run, let's call it maybe 18 miles because I'm getting close to that, that actual race day. And I would time it out to where I had just enough time from finishing and getting to my house where I could shower, get dressed, and then meet up with some friends, whether it was at a happy hour or, you know, getting dinner somewhere. And I'm sure, I'm sure Kelsey would be mad, be mad at me for saying that because maybe I did have a margarita after that run, <laughs> but rest and recovery, that is where you actually make your gains. When you go to the track, you're just breaking your body down. That's, that's such good advice. So number two is going to be rest and recovery. And, and I think that's so, so important. And honestly, as a beginner myself, it's something that I'm just barely learning because my perception has always been run, 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 get in the miles, get up to 40, 50, 60 miles a week. I've never been up to 60, but you know, get the miles in, but I've never put much emphasis on rest. And I, I seem to always get injured around this time in my training plan, you know, uh, uh, two months out or a month and a half out, I've got some kind of injury going on. And I think that's because my recovery and my rest is, is not very good. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And I'm sure a lot of people will too. So well, that that's amazing, Jake. And, and I think we want to dive into, let, let's do three today. So, so what's another, what's a third actionable that people can do to get faster? Uh, if that's a goal of theirs. Third one has got to be no, your why. And that's another thing you probably hear quite a bit across, not just running, but other areas of your professional life, your family life, know your why. Why do you want to run? Why do you want to be the best at your craft? Why do you want to be the best mom or best dad? That is going to drive you day in and day out. And that's also going to get you up in the morning when there's a foot of snow on the ground or 90 degrees in the air. Mm. So knowing your why is really going to drive you to achieve whatever that goal is or, you know, whatever that first step is for, you know, the beginning runners just wanting to, to get out there. Yeah. You know, that's a common theme that I think almost every guest that has run a marathon that's been on this show has talked about your why, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was Kelsey talking about why are you eating better or, or whether it was, you know, um, we had Rhonda Folds on the podcast who has Parkinson's and has run a hundred marathons with that disease. You know, why is she out there running? Uh, or, or any number of, of guests that we've had been lucky enough to have on the show, you know, why are you doing this? And and even though that doesn't sound like it's actionable, I, I think it is because you really have to dig deep to figure that out. And for me, I, everyone knows is, is it was the passing of my mother and it was coping with that. And it was, you know, doing something for her that she then couldn't do herself. And And that was what got me up at first until I was able to get past that hump and get to the point where now I was self-motivated because, you know, I quote unquote caught the runner bug, but, but I think that why and, and digging deep and figuring that out is so important. And I appreciate you bringing that up. That's great, Harrison. And you're, you're absolutely right. It is actionable because it, it is easy to go through the motions with running and not even really think about why you're doing it. Maybe you just 
maybe just enjoy being out there and that's okay. But start asking those questions of why do you enjoy being out there and get a little bit deeper than surface level, like to your point, Harrison, and you'll find your why. Maybe just ask why four or five times and you'll really learn why you like to run. Yeah. Why do you think, Jake, that achieving goals, especially when it comes to running, whether it's a distance or a time, why do you think achieving those goals is is so meaningful to people? Well, I'll, I'll just, I'll speak for myself here, but for me, running applies to all areas of my life. So if I'm able to go out and do something that's very hard, not just physically, because we do train for that, but to be honest, I run more for the, the mental challenge. And if I can overcome the mental challenges that you face, whether it's in a marathon or timing your best mile time, which I would rather run a marathon than run a mile, one mile time, to be honest there, Harrison. But that is that is what um, I really focus on, I would have to say. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I appreciate you coming on. This has been a lot of fun and uh, I've learned a lot from you. I know everyone else will too. And we appreciate you taking part in this. And uh, once again, for everyone to follow you, it's Run Jake Run on Instagram, on Clubhouse. Are you anywhere else online? I am, but they're just they're just sitting there dormant. I'm more active on Instagram, and I will I will be on Clubhouse from time to time. Sure. And I know you do some coaching. You do some some other type of uh, uh, training. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I do. I do coaching uh, virtually. I used to be a coach at Orange Theory, but then with the pandemic, you know, had to had to think creatively. And a lot of people are doing things online these days. So I've had a lot of success with that. A lot of fun working with friends and complete strangers in the gym. And then I also love just helping people with running. So I would just offer up if anyone has questions for running or need help with any anything specifically, feel free to reach out, and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions people have. Well, Jake, that's one of the things I love about you. You're super generous. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Harrison, thanks for having me and best of luck uh, with the podcast. I'm really loving it. And you guys are doing a lot of great stuff here. It's you really can tell what your guys' why is with this. And it's um, it's inspiring. So keep up the great work. Hey, if, if one person listening decides that after hearing you, they're going to go out and challenge themselves to a new distance or a new time, if, if just one person does that, then then we're happy and, and we've, we've accomplished our goal. So thanks again, Jake. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Harrison. Take care. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this funny journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify. Search his name under B-R-E-K-K.